Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Chumps of Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. Three welcomes. Yes. Come sit down. I'm Danny. That's Matt. That's Scott. As usual, all here. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, Danny. Excited excited for the football season to start up. Scott, how are you? Doing all right. I don't know what's going to happen with my boy Fournette, though. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About that. Oh, we'll get to that. Today is something. Tuesday, September 1st. We are nine days away, guys. Nine days away from this recording from actually having NFL football. Now, Matt, we were talking about this the other day. How much do you miss preseason now that it's gone? Oh, my God. It's definitely like that... Uh... That thing you, you neglected. You didn't know what you had till it was gone. And just being able to throw on football and TV and it's like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about this game. They're just going to play the backups. But you sit there and watch it or you have it in the background. And now you just don't have it. Yeah. Scott, do you care still? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't really watch much preseason. So Today on this episode, chumps are going to go over our risers, our fallers, and our key preseason pickups now that we are just over a week from the actual season we know a lot of you guys have already drafted um, maybe even the majority of people have already drafted but you might have your draft coming up this labor day weekend and we're gonna give you the lowdown on what's going on we'll start that off with some news some big news actually from i think this is all really either today or yesterday but mm-hmm. We'll start with Joe Mixon. Now, Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon was scaring everybody with his migraines and or contract dispute with the team, which has made him miss practice for how many days? A bunch of days. Uh, Scaring people into not drafting him at the end of the first round. He was dropping into the second round, end of the second round, towards that 2-3 turn. But... Have no fear. Joe Mixon has signed an extension with the Cincinnati Bengals for four more years worth $48 million. That's 12 mil a year. That's pretty good money, don't you think? And his migraines are gone. Yeah, I I definitely fell victim to the Mixon fear Um, last week. I had a draft. I think it was Thursday. Um, Passed on him at the turn. I could have had Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon. Ended up going Miles Sanders and Julio Jones. And then on the next turn, three, four turn, I picked Fournette. Oh. So I'm not really happy. I was high on Mixon until that migraine news, and I'm really mad about it. My scaredness now. Scott, where do you draft Joe Mixon now? Has he, now that he's locked in as I don't have any migraines anymore, I am the Cincinnati Bengals bell cow running back. I'm really, really talented. I know he produced for you. Either was it last year did you have Joe Mixon in, in an important league of yours or two years ago? One of these years. A couple of years ago. I don't think I had him last year. Where does Joe Mixon go for you now? I honestly don't think he really ever moved for me with the migraine situation. I'm not as big on him as most people, so I would not have taken him in the first round. If I was drafting, I don't know, at the six or seven spot that's where i'd kind of look for him on the way back up in the second round i wouldn't take him as quick as the turn i'd take him a few slots back that's where i'd be looking at him there's just so many star wide receivers and those first core running backs that i would much rather have a piece of 
So let me ask but you this. Also, or let me point this out: is when you're drafting the turn, like I said, he would have been my second pick of the turn. I always like to emphasize: you can't be afraid to reach at the turn. Like if you want Mixon, you got to take him there with the first pick in the second because he's not going to be there at the last pick of the third. So I don't have any problem with you taking him there, even pre-news, post-news, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Scott, so Joe Mixon, you you like the other receivers? You say the other receivers. I'm assuming you're talking about the main five. Yeah. Of Thomas Hill, Jones, Hopkins, and Adams. Adams. So yeah. you take all those guys ahead of Joe Mixon. Would you take what about like Miles Sanders? Uh go for it. I think I would lean toward Miles Sanders this year. That that one's pretty close, but I, I like Miles Sanders. It's a better team. I think their offense is better. It's kind of the same role. I see him as the you know, the bell cow back who's also going to be heavily involved in the throwing game and score equal amount of touchdowns i think those two are almost an identical role type of a running back and what about like would you take joe mixon over like chubb or aaron jones oh definitely over aaron jones Ew. yeah yeah probably yeah i'd take him over chubb just for the fact of his receiving is gonna be there especially if you're in a league where it's half people are you guys as scared as me about cream hunt i know it's not supposed to kill it chubb has been a stud in the past but man that just scares me a lot i don't i don't know what's gonna happen yeah it does it definitely makes me nervous i mean he's it's one of those where he's not gonna be on the field during play downs or passing downs for the most part and hunt's shown that he's been able to do both as well so there might be a game where Chubb isn't looking great, and then he gets benched in the second half. Looking at Sat now, through the first 10 games last year, he was the number four running back. And once Kareem Hunt joined the team, he was the number 18 running back. Mm-hmm. And I think Hunt hit number 26 then. So, I mean, that really scares me. I think Kareem Hunt has that much more time to game plan into the offense with a full offseason and all of that jazz. Yeah, but none of that takes away Chubb's talent. So it's a very, uh, as Scott likes to put it, sticky wicket. Um. Sticky wicket. <laughs> uh, I think also Nick Chubb had really bad touchdown luck last year. He got a lot of opportunities inside the five, and I mean you could call it bad luck, or you could call it he didn't do his job. Um, <laughs> he got stuffed uh, like way more than projected for a guy of his talents and his size. With so. You would have to imagine his rushing touchdowns are going to increase. I you don't have to. I think that they will. I'm really looking at the Cleveland situation. And I know I talked about this on a past show, but in a similar light of the Falcons days with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, where you can play, you can play both of them and both produce, or Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram with the Saints, when it's like, yeah, you can play both of them, and it's going to be fine. I'm wondering if this is going to be a year where it's like that in Cleveland. Do you guys think um, that's possible? The problem is that this is Cleveland, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Anthony when you need him? <laughs> now, wait a second. More news. We kind of hinted at it a couple times. Leonard Fournette. Scott's, I guess, now it's your former boy. Right? He'll, he'll always be a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> now, does he rank higher than Maurice Jones Drew for you or never? Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> and where does Blaine Gabbard fall on this list? Probably oh, tippy pr- top. Pretty low, actually. <laughs> so Leonard Fournette was officially released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then he cleared waivers and is now currently, as of this recording, a free agent. So 
Lots to unpackage here. Um, what does this, we'll start with Leonard Fournette himself. What does this do to his draft stock? If you're going to draft right now or this weekend or whenever you're going to do that, how far does Leonard Fournette go now that he's a free agent? Pretty far for me. You don't, I mean, I have him in one league and I'm not happy about it at this point. The landing spot is the biggest thing. Who knows where he's going to land? And it has to be somewhere where he's going to get the bulk of the carries. If I think he's anywhere where he would have been with Jaguars, I know they're not a great offense, but he was going to be the bell cow and touches are king in fantasy. And I need to see those touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's got to go to a team. I think he's going to go to a team that needs significant help at running back. I don't think he's going to be picked up by a team that needs a supplemental guy if they've already got an early down back or a big bell cow guy. I think he's going to go somewhere where they're really needing somebody to step in and be that experienced three down back that influences their offense pretty heavily right away. You guys got a. You guys want to make bets right now on landing spot? Where I think he's going to go or where I think would be I think yeah. the best. I guess let's, let's not put a wager on the bet, but yeah, what would be your favorite landing spot for Fournette? For, for Fournette. So, and I'm going to take contracts out of this because I don't know specific contracts of current running backs, all of them throughout all 32 teams, but I think the best landing spot for the team and for Leonard Fournette is Buffalo. I, I think like it. I think they could use a guy like Fournette who can just get great volume. They are a playoff team. They have high hopes for this year with a great defense, adding Stephon Diggs, hoping for a Josh Allen improvement. I think Fournette would solidify them as AFC East like favorites if they're not already and AFC contenders in general. But I don't know about like, I don't, I don't know how much that, I know they just drafted Zach Moss. And they got, you got Devin Singletary and all that jazz. But I just think if I heard Fournette to the Bills, I'd be like, oh, bingo. Yeah, the Zach Moss thing was the only thing that was making me think, ah, that probably won't happen. But who knows? Scott, where do you think he's going? Oh, man, that was a good one. I like the Buffalo situation. The other uh, kind of two I'm debating would be Washington. Yeah. Because they don't have a... He's got rid of guys. Yeah. yeah, they don't have a number one, but they're not a great team. The other spot I was looking because they're they've been known to do this kind of thing is New England. Oh God, they, can you imagine that? <laughs> they don't have that big guy there. They've got like four supplemental pieces. You bring him in there, and New England knows how to use a guy for one year, and then just drop him because they don't want to sign him to big bucks. Oh, Matt, okay, what do you Nick, think? Um, my favorite landing spot for him would probably be Tampa Bay. They seem all in this year. They went and got Brady. They got Gronk because they had Brady. They got Godwin. They got Evans. And the one thing they're lacking is just a really good veteran running back. And I think that would be Fournette. They're all in on this offense. I think it'd be a great fit. And my one team that I have Fournette in, I'd be super happy with that landing spot. Yeah, his stock could very easily go way up or way down depending on where he lands. It is a if you still have to draft, it's a bit of a coin flip. You're definitely rolling the dice on talent there if you're going to draft him in the same spot as you would have. 
my least favorite would be a place like Philly. Where <laughs> That's what I was going to get into is where would you <laughs> hate the most? They're known to run committees there. And now Sanders finally is looking like he's going to get like a bell cow role. And all of a sudden there's like, you know what? Let's bring Fournette in and make it a committee. And you know what would be the icing on the cake with that is the league I have Fournette. I also have Sanders. So now all of a sudden I got two committee running backs in one league. And I'm just scouring the waiver wires from day one then go ahead i would i don't know why i just don't think i would like it very well there's the obvious ones i'm like very 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 big on josh jacobs so obviously if he went to las vegas i would be super bummed but i think a dark horse that we would just go oh really is atlanta you've got Todd. don't even say i know see in this the scour (laughs) that i got for that because i mean it, it would make a little bit of sense though wouldn't it like you've no. got Todd Gurley, and then that's it. And he does have potentially injury problems. They aren't paying Gurley that much money. I mean, the Rams are. And it might make sense. He's from Shut the South. Mouth. Shut your mouth, Amy. Shut your mouth. Um, All right. I think I would hate if he went to the LA Chargers. I was thinking that earlier of being a possibility with their Because, yeah, too. it would be this. I mean, Melvin Gordon was pretty solid there, even with Eckler, but. You're going to one crap team to another crap team, and you're still going to have competition. Now you're going to have competition that you didn't really have in Jacksonville with a guy who takes those passing down plays if you pushed him back to that same role he was. And I just don't think you would really see great results if he was there. And I'm still rooting for him. What Fournette was saying is he's not too concerned about the, the passing game. He wants to go to a power run team, a run first team. And I think uh, the Chargers would be a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think uh, Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly could compete with Fournette and Eckler could be the third down back there. Eckler mm-hmm. owners would hate it. Sort of but the, the one Eckler place that, that has been thrown around there that would really piss off a lot of people is uh, KC. Like, what if they signed Fournette and all of a sudden all these Clyde Edwards oh. Hilaro <laughs> just, that'd be pretty cool because I don't have any shares of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was just going yeah. too high for me in drafts that to, for me to feel comfortable. So I would just love that. That would be <laughs> kind of funny for all yeah. those people who took oh, Hilaire so ooh, early. Ooh, ooh. So last bit of news, and we'll kind of bring it back around for what we've already been talking about. But Alvin Kamara, some back and forth news depending on the source you're looking at right now. But he wants a contract from New Orleans and. Sources are saying that he's wanting close to Christian McCaffrey, sorry, Christian McCaffrey money, which is around 16 mil a year. And they're talking more along the lines of, oh, we'll probably get you around 12 or $13 million a year. Which, by the way, is great for a yeah. running back. Which, and if yeah. you look at Kamara's stats, he is really good. But I don't think he deserves Christian Last McCaffrey year. money. Ooh. I think he... I think he deserves, well, he had some injury plagues, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but I think he certainly deserves maybe top five. 12 mil just seems like a great number for uh, Kamara. I think that'd be amazing for him. He should take it. Joe Mixon just signed an extension like a couple hours ago for 12 mil a year for four years. So I mean, Mixon's an excellent running back. Kamara is, I think, very similar. Now, Kamara has had the better season, a couple of, I mean, maybe a couple of better seasons than Mixon, but... Hey, you know who's making slightly more than $48 million in four years? Patrick Mahomes? Our boy, Derek Henry, 50 oh, Derek mil. Henry. 
<laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, there's a disagreement between Kamara and the Saints. Now that has sparked rumors that the Saints are open to trading Kamara if they can't get a deal done, which sounds like that those rumors are actually true because it's coming from multiple different people in the industry. I think the one rumor that matters here is if New Orleans is actually willing to offer top five money, 12 to 13 mil a year. And if, if they are actually willing to offer that, I don't think Kamara's going anywhere. There might be a little bickering back and forth, this or that, but he's going to settle there. Yeah. This is a winning team that he's going to look good on. And that's a lot of money for a running back. If he goes some, I don't know. I don't see anything working out better for him. Scott, so you are a Latavius Murray owner, correct? Yes. In one league or multiple leagues everywhere? Just in the Frederick League, if I remember okay. correctly. How much on the inside are you rooting for a Camara trade? <laughs> when I first saw that, like, where he's like, he wants a new contract, I'm like, I wouldn't be upset if he decided to hold out a little bit. <laughs> so so if, he, if he holds out through the weekend, let's say, how high does Latavius Murray rise on your draft board if you're drafting? For those chumps that are drafting this weekend, what do you say to them for how do you approach Latavius Murray? And think, how far does Kamara drop? Also, go ahead, Scott. I think Latavius jumps up to, I mean, I got him in like the 13th round, I think, as he an RB, like four or five. I think if he's going to be there without Kamara, he easily jumps up to where you're looking at him as your third running back to fill that flex role. Wow, okay. Um, That's what I was just going to ask is like, round be damned, which which running back would you be okay to him as your third running back or your fourth just on this kind of hype? Cause you got to be able to start a flex running back or your third running back, I think in your flex. And I don't know if just this hype alone makes me think that he's flex startable to start the year. Would you take him over cam Akers? No, not me. Scott. Uh, <laughs> I, I, not not with just from what we've talked about with Kamara. I mean, you don't know. I mean, if mm-hmm. it was a for sure that he's going to hold out till he gets a contract, maybe then I would start to think it about about it a little more. But Acres has a lot more upside and potential lead down back. Whereas, I mean, this could all be fluff and be over in three days. Yeah, correct. Um, what about Carry On Johnson? Someone like that? I don't know. I'm. I'm so wishy-washy on carry-on. I think he's kind of falling in my stock right now. So It if, says Swift's back on the field. If that helps. Yeah, Swift's back on the field. They, they were always at like a 50-50 split. Um, That's tough. Shit. I'd, I'd maybe, if Kamara News isn't looking better by the weekend, I'd probably go uh, <laughs> Latavius <laughs> Murray. <laughs> like so. When you start the sentence, you, go, you, you just got to take... Oh boy, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> very talk, different situations, I'd say. Let's talk Alvin Kamara. Uh, with the news that has just come out today, would you take Joe Mixon higher than Alvin Kamara? Yes. Oh, all right. That was off the cuff. <laughs> I need to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, would you take? Well, no, you're not a big Joe Mixon. Not as big, I should say. So right. you would take Kamara. I'm, I'm, I, I still wouldn't, even if I was a Mixon, a little more of a Mixon fan, just because. I don't think this is going to end up affecting the year. Like I don't either. In my heart, I think in a couple of days we're going to get Alvin Kamara signs a deal for fourteen points, you know, something mil a year for yeah. X amount of years. But so now that you've but had time you, to think, Matt, 
I'd say draft. It would be hard to take Mixon before Kamara just based off this news. Because like I said earlier, if New Orleans is really offering 12 mil a year, I think he's going to stick. But at the same time, would you? neither of you guys would be surprised if this year comes to a, like an end and Mixon lands higher on the RB points than Kamara, right? I, I would not be surprised at all by that. So I don't no, think there's anything wrong with that if there's questions about Kamara come draft night. All right, I got one for you guys. If Fournette goes to Tampa Bay, or I guess either of your favorite landing spots for him, does he go above Mixon for you? That'd be, that'd be crazy. Fournette? Yeah. If he goes, no. I, I'm not a big Joe, Joe Mixon yeah. fan. I'd have to say I'd still be Mixon first. I think Mixon is already in a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd put him above Mixon, but he wouldn't be far behind. So, yeah, would he go higher than... Okay, what about Miles Sanders then? If that were to happen, Matt? I'd have Miles above... No. no, I would have my... I see, I would have Fournette still after, like, the big group, all the way down to maybe even Aaron Jones. Okay, here's a good one for you guys, because you guys know that I'm down on Kenyon Drake. Uh Uh-huh. Fournette who I think is a much better talent and more proven and better than Kenyon Drake. If he goes to Tampa Bay or your favorite landing spot, do you draft him above Kenyon Drake? Yes. No. What? That is no. absurd. Now, I don't think Tampa, see, with Tampa Bay, that would, that would scare me. If he went to the place that I like, like Buffalo, for instance. I said, or your favorite. Or place. Hornets to Buffalo, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's all I wanted. I, wanted I do like I do like Kenyon Drake quite a bit, and I think that still Kenyon Drake will get more passing work. <laughs> I'm like thinking in my head he's already in Buffalo. It's probably not going to happen, guys. But I don't know. I think I'll still go Kenyon Drake for now until I can <laughs> mull that over more. Yeah, I like Kenyon Drake a lot. Obviously, more than the rest of the champs. Now, before we get into the risers, fallers, and preseason pickups, let's take a break here and gather our thoughts so we can come out swinging. After we, uh, after a quick break, does that sound good to you guys? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I need the minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, champs. Ooh, welcome back, everybody, to the Chumps the Champs Fantasy Football Podcast, and the boys are going over. The risers, fallers, and preseason pickups because we are so damn close to your draft and to the regular season that we can smell it from here, can't we, boys? Mm, we might even be past your draft, but that's why we're going to tell you who to pick up before the season starts. Pick them all up. Pick them all up and go over what you screwed up in the draft, just like I did. Uh, let's start with the risers, guys. Who are the guys that are climbing up our draft boards and climbing into our hearts? Who? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, as of today, which is September 1st. Um, Matt, go ahead and start us off with your first riser. I got my boy Tyler Boyd as a riser. I wasn't high on him early in the season. Uh, but the more I read about him, the more I've seen him do recently. I'm not as scared with AJ Green uh, coming back in the fold. Seems like Boyd has had a lot of time to work with Burrow. Um, and they've developed a really nice connection is all the reports out of camp. Um, and he's really just been the one consistent factor there. 
I like Boy this year. I've snagged him pretty late in a couple of my leagues. I'm not sure what his ADP is right now, but he's still going at a bargain. And I don't think he would be an awful wide receiver three if you draft heavy in the other positions earlier. Scott, why don't you give us your riser? My first riser is wide receiver Brandon Cooks. He's been creeping up my draft board the last several weeks. And looking at that team, obviously they have a great quarterback. Cooks has done it before. Barring last year with the Rams, he's had great seasons every year with different teams. So he's shown he's got the ability. Walden won him. And be that as it may, he still put up great fantasy points. <laughs> um, you're not drafting him forever, just this year. So uh, I think he's going to be the clear, far and away number one on that team. I'm not a big fan of Fuller or the uh, who is Stills, I guess. Is and uh, Cobb, I believe, is there now? Randall Cobb. So, yeah. I mean, looking at those guys, I would have to think Brandon Cooks is going to be the for sure number one. And you're getting him as a wide receiver four, usually in drafts. I think that's where I got him in one of our leagues. And I think he could easily put up, you know, wide receiver two type numbers if he ends up being what I think he's capable of being there. A lot of vacated targets in Houston. Got to go somewhere, right? So, For show. My first riser is Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver. Uh, News out of Las Vegas is that Tyrell Williams, one of their other wide receivers, is done for the year because he needs shoulder surgery because he tore his labrum. Uh-oh. But that leaves Henry Ruggs and I guess Hunter Renfro, but Henry Ruggs in bright lights. I think that's what we're going to see a lot of in all kinds of different ways for the Raiders. I think they also have Nelson Aguilar. Is that right? Oh, Yeah. And then it might be, oh man, I might be really going out of my gourd on this one. Um, I should bring the depth chart up first, but there's another like old hyped receiver there, maybe Stills. Are you thinking of Jason Witten as old, no. old busted? <laughs> Let me see. Oh, Zay Jones. That's oh, from the, the Bills. One. Yeah. And they also have a um, XFL St. Louis Battlehawk stud, Demaray. Pearson L on their roster who you could, could read really for sure, <laughs> really for sure threaten for some um, So, Matt, go ahead and give us your second riser. My second riser is Debo Samuel, and I've, I've never been down on his talent or this team. You guys have heard me say it before in the podcast. San Francisco scored like the second highest uh, offensive points last year. Everybody's afraid of their passing game, but it's still pretty efficient. It's going to be Samuel and Kittle. Uh, the main focus on this passing game and uh, the only concern was his injury and guess what just happened recently he was doing like full go sprints uh, he running yeah he he running. Running. so Debo be running it was a foot injury yes correct me if I'm wrong but That's it was correct. a foot injury and if he's sprinting um I am not that concerned anymore um obviously there can be hang-ups with foots or like uh what regression but that is a great sign and he was going so late in drafts um you you run with foots Mm -hmm. you run with foots and debo runs with foots well so Mm -hmm. snag him up if he's still going late in your draft and don't be afraid to draft him around where he should have been being drafted Mm -hmm. which is as like wide receiver two is my opinion on that Mm -hmm. Uh, so would would you take him more uh over boyd your other riser 
Oh, yeah, I oh. think so because he's the number one on that team. Scott? I just, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Boyd might be the number one on the team if AJ Green keeps doing AJ Green things. But but there's there's nobody to threaten Samuel. Well, I mean, Kittle, you could argue is, is the one. Sure, is a number one receiver on their team. We get it. So, we get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He's the number one wide receiver, and they're both really Boyd. good, Danny. <laughs> okay, they're both <laughs> risers, guys. Uh, Scott, your second riser. Uh, before that, I just want to say that I, I like that, Matt, because I got Debo in both leagues pretty late. So nice. I got him at the end of the 10th round in the Frederick League. So that nice. makes me feel pretty good if he's going to be pretty solid this Next. year. Um, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the guy next on my list, I think I got Julian Edelman. I haven't, uh, we, haven't Edelbaum, really, huh? we haven't really talked about him a lot this year. And I know it's a very different team, new quarterback, new situation. But, man, you're, you can get him at, like I said, I think I got him at the end of the eighth. So it's not like you're looking at him to be a star on your team, but you're looking at him as a wide receiver three, maybe a flex play. And I yeah. think he's fully capable when he's still far and away the number one there to put up numbers that would be equal or better than that. Yeah. Uh, would you take him over Brandon Cooks, your other riser? That's tough, isn't it? I'm asking the tough questions. Today, yes, guys. I think I would because of the quarterback. Or no, I'm sorry. I wouldn't take him over Cooks. I think Cooks has a better quarterback situation. And I think the secondary receivers are pretty similar in both New England and Houston, where I'm not a big fan of anyone else. So I think Cooks would be a, a better choice, more upside, younger, everything like that. My second riser is Cortland Sutton, wide receiver out of Denver. I've just been reading more about Cortland Sutton. I didn't realize how big of a guy he was, and I started watching highlights of him. And yeah, he's an amazing wide receiver. He can catch anything if it's even nearby, which is good because I'm not, I don't know how I feel about Drew Locke yet. But if Drew Locke can take the next step and Jerry Judy can take some of the coverage off of Cortland Sutton, he could be a steal. And I'm really starting to like him in that range of like T.Y. Hilton and DK Metcalf and like, would you guys take Cortland Sutton over T.Y. Hilton or Metcalf? Now, Matt, I know you're a big Hilton fan. I'm a big Hilton fan, but that doesn't necessarily mean I value him over such. Sure. I think Hilton is in a great situation, but he's also old and his speed was always his factor. I think Hilton's 31 now, but uh, one thing you didn't mention is like, I don't know about Drew Locke yet. And we know Sutton's a stud, but one thing that's interesting is Shermer's there now. And I think that's really going to get the ball flowing in that offense. Matt, go ahead and give us your third riser. Third riser is Robert Woods. Oh, boy. Robert Woods of the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I just keep getting bigger and bigger on him because I keep looking at what he did once that uh, offense took a paradigm shift last year. Uh, they switched to 12 personnel about midseason, and all of a sudden it wasn't the Cooper Cup show anymore. It was the Robert Woods show. And that's how they're supposed to keep going this way. It's still a pass-happy offense. I like Robert Woods, and the more I think about it, the more I like him. And I don't – beginning this year, I didn't want to like Robert Woods, and now I find myself really liking him in fantasy. So easy riser pick for me. Yeah, I think he's got a safe floor. I think his touchdowns can only improve. And I generally – I know there's a lot of hype around Cooper Cup, but – yeah, I'm a big Robert Woods fan, and I guess it comes down to what you believe the Rams are going to do. Are they going to stick with the two tight end sets more often that was successful? And if 
you'd think that and Robert Woods that doesn't really affect Robert Woods as much as it affects Cooper Cup, which then second in you know indirectly yeah. affects Robert Woods. But I think he's the safer pick. Scott, why don't you give us your third riser? I have Philip Lindsay. And as much as I don't want to see this because I have Melvin Gordon who caught a big case of wieneritis apparently <laughs> when he went up to Denver and boom, had boom, trouble boom. breathing and such. I feel that, like a jerk. The guy couldn't breathe because of the altitude. We're like, come on, a man. Loser. <laughs> it just it makes me very nervous about Gordon because I was big on Gordon at the beginning of or this podcast and when I found out he was going to Denver, I liked him a lot. And now these most recent things makes me think it's going to be more of a time split at the beginning, which I do not like a whole lot. And obviously anything happens to Gordon or he doesn't show up or they think that it's affecting him in a negative way to where he's not doing what he needs to do. They've got Philip Lindsay who's done it for the last two years. They can slide right in there and bump Gordon back a little bit. So that's why I've got him rising and, He's available decently late, mid-rounds, and he'd be a great depth pick with potential upside as being a number one, possibly. And it almost sounds like you're really more of have Gordon as a faller rather than Lindsay as a riser. Um, but I think that is, it shows like the hidden gem aspect of Lindsay is that he hasn't been anything but great when he's been in Denver. And everybody's like, no. No, he can't no. keep doing it. Melvin Gordon's Melvin Gordon. But no, yeah. Lindsey's been great when he's there. And uh, yeah, he's not as dynamic in the passing game, but he's going to get you those yards on the ground, and Gordon could easily get relegated to a, a smaller role if he's having trouble there, maybe a third down role. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like Lindsey this year too. My third riser is Miles Sanders, which is tough to say because he's already really high up on everybody's board. But the reason why I'm liking him more recently, I mean, and it kind of sucks to say, but Jalen Rager goes down for a couple of weeks. Um, it's not like we didn't, we knew Alshon Jeffrey was going to be worthless at the beginning of the season. And what do you know? He's worthless at the beginning of the season. Goddard breaks his hand. He'll be okay. But still, it's just, uh, here we go again mm-hmm. with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that it's going to aim Carson Wentz's eyes right at Miles Sanders for much, a lot more receptions. He's going to get the work on the ground, but I think Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are going to get targeted more as these wide receivers in Philadelphia continue to just fall by the wayside. So I am liking Miles Sanders more and more um, as the days go by, and I think I have put him higher than Kenyon Drake now, Matt. There you go. You should. You should yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> I finally think I did. So. I don't even think like consensus uh, has no. it the other way. Well, they're wrong. Uh, until <laughs> now. Now they're, now they're fine. But um, Matt, give us your fourth riser. My fourth riser is Raheem Mostert, which is, he was kind of a roller coaster, I guess, more than a riser. At the beginning of the year, I just really liked him this year in fantasy, and he was still ranked low. But then, uh, just some like tough like committee stuff came out about him. We didn't know how he's going to get used. Yeah, Breed is gone, but they have Tevin Coleman. They have other guys. They don't know how much Mostert's going to be used. But uh, I think he's still going really late, and I think it's really easy for Mostert uh, to continue. He's had incredible stats. Let's just put that out there right now. And for him to beat out these guys isn't going to be hard. Um, San Fran paid Mostert because he asked for it. He goes, I want to be paid more than Coleman because I am your premier back. And what did they do? 
they paid him more than Coleman. Does that not show faith in them wanting Mostert to be there as their top running back? And I think he's he's on a contract year after that too. They're like, we'll pay you enough this year to get more than Coleman and then prove it. Prove it that you are better than Colvin. So it's just a great situation both ways. And all the reports out of camp, Mustard's doing great. So yeah, huge riser for me. That's a big part. I that. have zero shares of Mostert, and I wish I had a lot of shares of Mostert. Scott, your fourth riser. I have Keenan Allen. I wasn't real big on him before. Team situation and everything and quarterback situation. But at the same time, they got to throw the ball. And they got to throw it a lot. And he has been their number one, obviously, for several years now. So it's not a big shock that he's going to be their go-to guy. And let's see, just looking at it. I mean, he's 28, so it's not like he's real old and incapable of being, you know, at the end stages of your prime. So I still think he's going to be great. It might be influenced a little bit because I have him in a league now. <laughs> but Well, I don't think it's influenced, but I, I think you're right because I think he kind of was the forgotten wide receiver of like the top 25. Like yeah. Nobody was talking about Keenan Allen. He's always produced. Granted, it was in a different situation with Phil Rivers, but he is touted in the league as the elite of the elite in route running, which is a big deal, especially when you have a young quarterback that's going to come in there. They're talking ab- about how even right now in practice, he's shredding defensive backs and that's, he's going to be open. He gets tons of volume. I'm with you on rising on Keenan Allen. And I'm really glad you, you pointed that out. Yeah. The, the biggest, the scariest thing about Keenan Allen is that team and offense. I don't even want to say offense. Just the team scares me. I think it's a, it's a tough situation in LA for them. Right Bosa now. and then it's nobody. Uh, my last riser, my fourth riser is Chris Carson. And we've heard only positive things. The only thing scary about Chris Carson is his hip. And I know it's the preseason and you're going to get a lot of the coach speak and you're going to get all the hype trains up and rolling for nonsense things. But they say he looks a hundred percent. He feels a hundred percent. And Seattle wants to run the ball, even though they got the, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They want to run the ball and it starts with Chris Carson. So I'm liking him more and more and more as the days go by. Uh, Matt, do you have a bonus riser? I have a bonus riser. I just want to hit on him quickly. Michael Gallup. Um, I think everybody was really scared about him earlier in the year because of CD lamb and I've cooled off that fear. <clears throat> Let's remember how hyped we are on Gallup, what he's done in fantasy before and everything. And now everybody's like, Oh, they drafted CD lamb. Gallup's not going to get any of these targets. Well, I think this is the second time this podcast we're going to mention Cobb, but Randall Cobb was in Dallas last year, and he demanded, I think it was at least 15% of the target share last year. And I don't see, and he's gone now, I see CeeDee Lamb getting about that 15% share, and I I think Gallup's going to get what he got last year, if not more. Um, He's talented, and he's going real late. I think he's easily going to be a wide receiver, too, in fantasy this year. So don't be afraid of Michael Gallup like everybody seems to be this year. Michael Gallup or Tyler Boyd? I'd still go Boyd. Mm-hmm. Scott? I think I might go Gallup. I abstain from voting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll go with Boyd. Yeah. Um, you guys got anyone else that you're thinking of off the cuff? 
Now you want to head into fallers. Oh, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of good risers. Let's get into fallers. All the people Ugh, we hate. Let's get bummed out over here. Um, mm. I can start us off. I'll start us off with Le'Veon Bell as a Why, Danny? Why? I know. It's a shocker. <laughs> and I think a lot of these fallers are going to be kind of not shocking. But uh, Adam Gase, uh, head coach of the New York Jets, brings in Frank Gore, 37-year-old guy, because he had him in Miami. And I think, first of all, Frank Gore is making me nervous about Le'Veon Bell. Because Le'Veon Bell is going sometimes at the end of the third round. Um in fantasy drafts, and now that's scaring me. Then he tried to bring in Kalen Balaj. And did you guys hear about this? How Kalen Balaj is not on the Jets because he didn't pass his physical. So that trade, <laughs> yeah. So they tried to draft. Like Miami is about to cut him, and the Jets are like, no, 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 no. We'll we'll give you a seventh round conditional pick. <laughs> yeah. And and then Balaj failed his physical, so he's not on the Jets. So he got flipped back to Miami. So Gase is trying to add more pieces. Uh, uh, Leonard Fournette. Enter Let's Leonard worry Fournette. about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, it's just not a lot of positives around Le'Veon Bell right now. I would say the biggest positive with Le'Veon Bell, and maybe I'm looking at the bright side because I own a couple shares of Le'Veon Bell, is uh, he has been on fire on his Twitter game lately. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. I think he has his own photographer apprentices because he has some incredible shots of these posting like every day, just like like ripped abs, like running the football, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, man, this is getting me hyped. But who is taking all these pictures of you? Yeah, just you. Who's cropping out the rest of the Jets? Uh, yeah, I, I still oh, yeah. would take Bell. But not yeah. as high as I would have a week ago, I don't think, because there's just a lot of things that are scaring me now. I would take Chris Carson ahead of him. Um, would you guys take Carson ahead of Bell? Yeah. Yes. Sure. Would you guys now take someone like James Conner, who's got his own question marks? I, I James Conner was kind of one of those that didn't make my list, but has been rising on my list. And I think I would take Conner above Bell. Would you say that yeah. you would put him in a risers uh, segment of one of our shows if we ever have one? <laughs> I absolutely would, actually, now that we're looking back on it, because uh, I took him in an auction draft, and everybody was passing on Connor, and I threw out a bid I thought was pretty – I thought it would get beat, beat for him, and I won Connor. I was like, I'm happy with that. I'm very yeah. happy. Um, and his risk isn't any more than a lot of other risks around him as a running back. Like you said, Lev Bell's around him. That's Le'Veon what I'm saying. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the that's the point. Is I mean, weigh these risks. Le'Veon Bell. Again, I would take Le'Veon Bell in that range. It's just somebody that I've got exclamation marks around on my notes now because he is making me nervous with all this negativity around camp. His Le'Veon Bell has a hamstring injury, and then Le'Veon Bell hops on Twitter and is like, "I don't have a hamstring injury." And then Adam Gase has to have a sit down, heart to heart conversation. That's not good. I'll tell you the one that I was back and forth on in a league that I think I ended up selecting Le'Veon Bell was Lev Bell and David Johnson. That's another good. And this was before a lot of the bad news came out with Le'Veon Bell. And now I'd be like, man, I'd probably go David Johnson. But it seemed like the volume was more sure with Bell when I took him, which is why I went that way. And now it doesn't seem that way. Matt, why don't you get into your number one faller? My number one follower is a pretty easy follower right now with recent news. Uh, Jalen Rager, uh, he was a, a, a hyped rookie, I guess, uh, but he just got announced out four weeks, I guess, because he needs surgery. And 
out four weeks on just surgery sounds like something that could be lingering and take time to get into football shape again and all of that stuff. So I'm not excited about Jalen Rager. The one thing I will really mention here is keep an eye on him in about four weeks' time on your waiver wire if you're struggling with wide receivers. Maybe snag him and bench stash him at that point um, because he could be a factor midway through the season. By that time, all the Eagles wide receivers will be in the hospital. So, <laughs> good point. Um, Scott, your first faller. My faller is Austin Eckler. And to be quite frank, he's just slowly been falling down my rankings literally since we posted our first rankings, I think. He's just not somebody. The more I look at the situation, the less and less I get excited about him. I know he did great after Gordon left for how much of the season? I don't remember how many. Uh, Gordon was out for the first four games, and Eckler was really, really good. And then he was worse, but still fine when Gordon was back. Okay, so I think he's great in terms of, I want to say flashes in the pan. I don't think he's someone that could hold up in that lead back role. A bell cow. You don't think he's a bell cow. I don't. I mean, he's only 5'10", 200 pounds, so he's not the biggest guy. And I just think if he's going to be on the field for all those passing downs, they're going to be splitting timeshares with the running downs with multiple guys, I feel like, over there. Jackson. um, Is it Justin Jackson? Justin Jackson and uh, Joshua Kelly. Hey, by the way, Scott, did you know that Marshall Falk was 5'10", 211 pounds? So yeah. Austin Eckler's got nine <laughs> more pounds of fat. Yeah, he's, and I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, Have you seen the pictures of him on Twitter mm, of Austin Eckler? Mm-mm. Holy God. I did not know that he was that chiseled from stump. Go ahead, Scott. I just don't think he's going to hold up in that role. I think he's phenomenal in the passing game and change of pace and third down back kind of role. I just, I don't know. It's just more of a hunch, but I just would not be taking him as early as he's going in drafts. Now, I know, Matt, you are in the same boat as Scott of not a big Austin Eckler fan. I think I'm the highest out of the champs on Austin Eckler. I think he's going to be fine. But there are like experts in this industry that are really, really high on Austin Eckler. Like putting him up there in that tier directly behind Cook and Kamara and Edwards Alaire and like right around Mixon territory or even higher than that. And I don't get that. What's what's to be excited about this offense? Because I mean, as great of a running back as you can be, you gotta be on an offense that can score. I don't mm-hmm. see that too much for Eckler. And I think he's he's gonna get challenged for early down work. And what's scary is he, he's getting challenged by Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. Not not scary names at all. And I think Eckler excelled when he was in the role where he had to take over a larger role last year but i don't think that keeps going i don't everything changed yeah everything yeah. changed when philip rivers left. it's just it's just different philip rivers likes to dump the ball off we don't know what herbert mm-hmm. wants to do in the at the nfl level he might he may want to as well mm, not and even herbert why... to begin with right Ty- yeah Ty- it's tyrod taylor. taylor um and the last time we saw tyrod taylor in cleveland it was a train wreck i I'm, I think I like Austin Eckler more than you guys, but I get what you're saying. Would you guys take Austin Eckler or Aaron Jones in a half PPR? 
Can I, I know, ab- abstain? <laughs> no, you have to pick, but Scott can go first. Sorry, Scott, go ahead. I think I would take Jones. I think there's more touchdown potential there. I think I would too. I think Eckler is like the last of that tier, and then there's a break after that for me. So now, Matt, you can just agree with us and say Aaron Oh, my Jones. God. I'm looking at the ADP right now, and it, it's 11 is Aaron Jones, 13 is Eckler, and right between them is Miles Sanders. Why is anybody oh, taking? See, yeah, no. I, why I is anybody that. taking anyone besides Miles Sanders here? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. If you make me pick, I'm gonna make you. Pick. I'd probably go Eckler. I just nothing excites me about Aaron Jones this year, and mm-hmm. I could be totally off base with that. I'm not a big Green Bay fan. I guess could be hurting me on that one. I mean, yeah, and I'll just real quick about Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is. He really is an incredible running back. He's just in a bad, it seems like a bad situation in Green Bay. But anyway, my second faller, I won't talk long on Melvin Gordon because we touched on it a little bit when Scott brought up his riser, Philip Lindsay. But Melvin Gordon goes to Denver, is having trouble breathing because it's really high up in the air, which is not uncommon when you're training. But then he gets a rib injury. And the fact that Philip Lindsay is doing fine in Denver, has rushed for 1,000 yards two seasons in a row, it's looking like it might honestly be a 50-50 split now. And I just don't know how much I'm digging it. Matt, go ahead and give us your second faller. Uh, my second faller is a pretty easy faller after recent news. Leonard Fournette uh, released, cleared waivers, looking for a team. Um, there's no guarantee that he's going to have that huge uh, volume that he used to have in Jacksonville. He could be effective somewhere else, but we don't know his workload. We don't know where he's going. He's going to fall in your drafts. But let's, I'll take this opportunity to say that fallers doesn't necessarily mean don't draft this guy at all. It means they're going to fall in your draft. And if they hit value, if, all of a sudden, if you think Fortnite's probably going to find a good home and you want to take that risk, you can get Fordette at a bargain now, so don't take these all as ne- negatives. Yeah, and there's he's going to fall. I mean, there's going to be an injury somewhere. There's going to be an injury somewhere, and then someone's going to go, oh, crap, and then they're going to sign Fournette. So he will find a home. He's a great running back. He will find a home. Um, Scott, your second faller. I've got Cooper Cup, and I know we touched a little bit about that when we talked about Robert Woods as a riser, but I just remember when we were first doing rankings and looking at, you know, everyone else's rankings and it was like Woods and Cup like back to back in rankings on the draft board and now it's like who would you draft first? I would put Woods light years ahead of Cup when it comes to when I'm looking to draft them just because of what you guys mentioned earlier. The team did so much better with Woods when they switched to their more successful scheme in the second half. And I think he's just going to continue that train while Cup, maybe they'll adjust it to get him a little more involved, but I, I just don't see him being what he was in the past with the touchdowns and as many receptions as he was getting. I don't think it's going to go back to that. Yeah, Cup has always been the better of the end zone targets in Los Angeles compared to Woods or whoever. They do aim for Cup a lot in the end zone. But that's the, like the most volatile fantasy football stat you can have is touchdowns. You get 10 one year, you get two the next year. Like, so I don't love that idea in the second half. I'm with you on Cooper Cup. Um, my third faller 
won't touch on this that long as Alvin Kamara. Um, and I put him as a faller. I would still draft him. He right now has fallen to the spot where I am back and forth on. I think I put him right behind Joe Mixon. I have I have the main three of McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott. I've got Cook there. I like Henry still. I have him higher up than I think the industry. Still, what was bad about Henry? A lot of people have Henry lower because there's no passing volume there. But even in okay, but like half you a get year, fifteen hundred yards on the ground, it doesn't matter. Or in sixteen touchdowns, <laughs> it don't matter. Uh, I think I've got Mixon higher. I've got Jacobs higher. Would you guys take Camara? Versus Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs this year, though, so don't feel bad if you say Camara. The current news that's out there right now doesn't scare me off of Camara to take Josh Jacobs first. I think that's a good that's a good split point, though. I think you could easily say those guys are butted up against each other in the rankings now. Scott, would you take Camara more than Jacobs? No, I agree with Matt. I, I it makes it very close, and I do like Jacobs a lot this year, but not as not but, as yeah, mm-hmm. not as much as Kamar's involved with the passing game and everything for that news to okay. push him down that far. He just has a flag up that bugs me a little bit. I, so I tell you what, if I take Kamara in the first round, I'm going to be looking more running back heavy in my second and third round. Okay, because there you go. That. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I did, uh, I guess, since we, we already mentioned we're podcasting on what September 1st this night, uh, something came out while we've been podcasting saying that cooler heads have prevailed in New Orleans and uh, discussions are continuing between Kamara and New Orleans and he is supposed to be present at practice tomorrow. So it sounds like things are smoothing out a bit after what was being said earlier today and yesterday. Yeah. If he signs with the saints, then you can just delete the last two minutes of me talking about <laughs> like on. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, Matt, give us your third faller. My third faller is Darren Waller. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. My faller <laughs> is a Walla. There you uh, go. <laughs> but uh, he's just still ranked up so high in the tight end rankings. I think he's like four or five in most rankings and I don't see it anymore. Um, They've added so many pieces in the receiving game that they want to get incorporated and they signed uh, uh, Witten. Witten. Yeah. Jason Witten. And they paid him some money and he's going to steal some targets. And God knows why. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but, if you're going to pay him money, you're going to put him on the field and he's going to steal some targets. And with the receiving options, they added. And I think Darren Waller was just really fortunate with his opportunity last year and did well in it. I just don't see it happening again this year. Don't draft Darren Waller as early as he's ranked like tight end five. No, um, there are so many talented tight ends ready to bust out behind him. I don't like it that you can get in like the 12th. Yes. Yeah. Uh, does this just scream they're going to do the two tight end sets in Las Vegas now with Witten and Waller, and then they don't have wide receivers that aren't rugs anymore? Is it, are they going to be forced? Well, they to also do this? drafted the Lynn Bowden Jr. Um, mm-hmm. And like we just mentioned earlier, yeah, maybe Tyrell Williams is out, but they have Aguilar, they have Zay Jones, and they have uh, Renfro. Renfro and. You can't, and he's a slot guy uh, for the Raiders. And if you do 12 personnel, you can't 
you don't really you don't have a slot guy, so maybe that is maybe maybe that is a stupid. It was a stupid suggestion. I feel stupid even saying. They also guys. have Brian Edwards too. There's tons of receivers. Oh, and there's and hype that, about Edwards too. Yeah, and that's uh, not saying Darren Waller's not going to get anything, but there's a lot of targets here, and the offense is different. There's there's not the limited targets. There's not not the same situation that made Darren Waller excel last year this year now the big question is do you think the raiders are going to be better now that they don't play on the oakland athletics baseball field maybe how annoying was it to watch raiders games when they're running through like (laughs) second base you gotta wait for that point in the season after like september where they're finally uh sodded over the god um so scott give us your third faller I've got Mike Evans, and I know I've shared my concerns about with Brady, and he might not be able to throw the deep ball like he could, and that's he's why he's too old. He's just so old, and that's why just one of the reasons so Evans old. was so good with Winston is he could go up and catch those passes that weren't always accurate. And that's not even the biggest thing. It's just there's so many weapons there now with Gronk. Gronk, I think, is going to be Brady's first look in those short down plays in the end zone instead of a fade to Evans it's going to go to Gronk to be fair Gronk is really good in the end zone oh absolutely I would too for until week two when he's broken (laughs) something the most telling thing that made me put him as a faller was in our draft last week I was sitting there with my pick coming up in four picks and there were four receivers it was Julio Jones, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tyreek Hill. And I was just thinking to myself, I really want Julio, DeAndre, or Tyreek. Like, Mike Evans is right up there, but I didn't want him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted one of those other three so bad, and luckily I did get Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But that was one of those things where that's, it was just my gut feeling, and that, that tells me all I need to know. I, yeah, I agree with you. He's got size. He's a 6'5 wide receiver. He's definitely your big-bodied wide receiver. But you're exactly right. He's it's a new quarterback, and they got Gronk now, who has played with Brady forever. I like Godwin here more than Evans. Um, I'm not I'm not drafting Evans in any of my leagues myself. Scott, do you have a bonus follower for us? I do. I've what got a guess a, by me. I've got that Amari Cooper follower, and I just he's so up and down. He's just. He's got the talent to be a superstar, but he's just so unpredictable that he is going to infuriate you on weeks and then just blow it up on weeks where you're already going to win and it really doesn't matter. Yeah, And then when you need him to put up eight points, he's going to give you a one-banger, and then you're really going to be pissed. Fantasy football is already stressful enough for me, and I don't need that in my life. I'll add here that this is another spot where you can see value in a faller. A lot of people have this opinion on Amari Cooper, and he is still a talented wide receiver who's going to demand a large target share in Dallas. So if everybody's passing up on Cooper because of the boomer bust talk, this and that, um, you might get a bargain on him. Mm-hmm. If you like Amari Cooper, take him when he's at value. So let's that's the fallers for us here. Um, Last thing we're going to dig into are preseason pickups. Now, after you're done with your drafts and you're like, I like this team, but look at all these free agents. 
we're going to tell you the guys to aim for and keep your eyes peeled for after you're done with draft that you still have yet to do. Um, I'll start us off with Alexander Madison. Dalvin Cook, not only with the contract stuff and the scares that are along with that, Dalvin Cook is injury. I don't want to declare someone as injury prone, but he has had injuries his entire NFL career. And Alexander Madison has proven to be useful. I don't want to call uh, him injury prone, but he's injury prone. <laughs> I don't want to call him that. I'm not, I would never tell anyone that they're injury prone, but you cannot stop this guy from getting injured every single year that he's alive. <laughs> but I would put Alex, and I know Matt is not a big handcuffer of his own players, but he's more of a handcuff somebody else so you can snipe them. But um, I think if you have Dalvin Cook, the situation in Minnesota is so good with they are very, very run heavy, and Alexander Madison has proven himself to be good in the absence of Cook. I think it's just a good idea to pick him up. Um, Scott, give us your first preseason pickup. I have Carlos Hyde of Seattle running back. Now, and- didn't I tell, didn't I say he was too old, but in fact, he's younger than us? Yeah. Okay. He's not not that old. All right, carry on. (laughs) He is apparently doing very well in camp. They've had a lot of good things to say about him, that he looks great. And I know we already touched on Chris Carson, and they're saying he's 100%. He feels great and everything. But you can't feel your hip bone and how well that is. So just one wrong tackle, and you could be missing some time. And if they're saying that Carlos Hyde is looking great, I think he's jumped, you know, Penny is the clear number two. And isn't he hurt too at the beginning of the year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. on the pup list, I think. So yeah, it's, he's not starting. Even when he comes back, that just means Carlos Hyde, I think, is going to be the clear number two. And he's just, he's just a good handcuff. He's, he's done well before in San Francisco. And if he gets the opportunity, he is going to be in your starting lineup every week. Yeah, even last year, he ran for 1,000 yards in Houston. I think it – I don't know if – Penny is officially on the pup list to start the season. I don't think they have to announce that, but if you enter the season on the pup, you can't come back for six weeks. So, and I think that's the expectation with Rashad Penny. So I'm not even thinking about him. I think that's the reason why they put Hyde on the roster. And we're going to have to vet uh, the fact that you can't feel your hip bone. I, I, I don't I know. feel my yes. hip bone every day. <laughs> when, it, when it starts to rain, uh, I really can. Uh, Matt, go ahead and give us your first preseason pickup. Preseason pickup is Jimmy G. That's Jimmy Gary Polo of the San Francisco 49ers. Handsome Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Um, he is only 54% rostered right now. And I don't have him on any of my teams currently, but he is in such a great situation this year. I keep saying it, said it earlier. This team scores points. They, um, they're San Francisco. They were amazing last year. Yeah, they're second Second, in points, weren't they? Second in points last year. Um, and let's look at early season matchups. Arizona week one at home, New York Jets week two in New York, but let's, let's, We'll not joke ourselves. Those no. are two great matchups to start the year. If you are unsure about your quarterback draft situation or there's some kind of injury or anything, roster Jimmy Garoppolo. 
start him the first couple weeks and figure it out from there. That is a great preseason. He's going to do well for you early in the year. Have no fear. My second preseason pickup is Deshaun Jackson, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver. I know, man, but who is there to throw it to? And remember last year. There's Jalen Ray. Oh. Oh. (laughs) There's Alshon. Deshaun Jackson, week one last year. I'll have to double check this, but I think he caught 900 yards and seven touchdowns in week one. And he, hey, I know, I know he's getting older, but he's still lightning fast, and he's going to be fine week one, and that's when you need to. I think he's a good preseason pickup while there's no one to throw to in Philadelphia. Scott, give us your second preseason pickup. I got Tony Pollard. Uh, he's only 50% owned. <clears throat> Obviously, he's kind of like Madison. If anything happens to Zeke, which, dear God, I hope not. I got Zeke in both leagues. But if it, God. if it does, he's shown he's capable of stepping in as that lead guy and doing well, and he would be a huge asset if you got him, if something like that does happen. It is crazy. Like I think Madison has a little bit of standalone value, which is why he's like 67% owned. But the fact that Pollard is 50% owned as a strict handcuff is insane to me. I can't mm. grasp that. Yeah. Um, Matt, your second preseason pickup. Oh, this one's a great one. Uh, Alan Lazard, he's only 41% rostered. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. 41%. There's not much else to say besides he is the second wide receiver option on Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Not a huge fan of this team. I've said it before, but my God, there seems like a ton of value right here. And this guy's not getting drafted. Uh, you got a spot on your bench, put him there. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, and I, I'm the biggest on Devontae Adams out of the group. I think he could easily be the number one wide receiver at the end of the year. But still, there's after Alan Lazard, there's nothing there. I love that as a preseason pickup. Um, who are we on now? Are we on me? I comboed, yep. I comboed my next preseason pickup Peter. As, <laughs> as Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kirk is 59% owned and Fitzgerald's 28% owned. And I get it. Fitzgerald's 100 years old. But the Cardinals play a lot of four wide receiver sets. A lot of them. A lot. So, yes, we love DeAndre Hopkins this year. But it's going to get spread out. And I think the forgotten people are Kirk and Fitzgerald. They do a lot near the line of scrimmage. Fitzgerald's back in, in a slot role. You've got value. You can get them at the end of your draft. You can get them after the draft. Like, I think they're the forgotten ones in the Arizona. I have is that just because they're running four wide receiver sets, just because they're on the field, doesn't mean they're scoring you fantasy points. Sure, and that, sure. I think it's where the concern comes in. And just spreading the ball out more is somewhat of concern in fantasy, no matter who it is. Should we be concerned more about D-Hop now? I don't think so. A little bit compared to compared to Houston, I don't think he's going to hit the 150 targets that that he did in Houston mm-hmm. anymore. I think those are going to come down a little bit. But we still value DeAndre Hopkins because I think we've agreed in the on a past episode that we think that DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the game. I think there's value with Kirk and Fitzgerald, especially in full PPR leagues, because I think they're going to get a lot of targets. Scott, your third preseason pickup. I have Nikhil Harry, wide receiver at New England. 
Ooh. As of now, looking at their depth chart, he's the wide receiver number two. And Edelman's not getting any younger. And I still like Edelman. I had him as a riser because he's going so late in drafts. But if anything should happen to him, I mean, my goodness, Nikhil Harry could be a steal. He's only owned in about a third of the leagues at 36%. And like I said, Edelman's getting older. So by the end of the year, even without an injury to Edelman, Harry could be the number one receiver on that team. Yeah. And the fact yeah, that you I'll can get to, him for nothing, that's pretty pretty good. I'll have to admit that was the new move of all of my drafts this year. I think somebody threw him out at the end of, one of my drafts, I go, who? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he's a player. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, with, with some decent upside, and it was just a late round flyer. So I felt a little ashamed at that one. <laughs> oh, well, redeem yourself with your third preseason pickup, Matt. This one is a, uh, you, you better have a spot that you're willing to let linger on your bench. But I think Devonta Freeman right now is an interesting preseason pickup, only rostered in 23% of leagues. And we're talking about Fournette, like, yeah, he's going to get grabbed up for a team that needs him. Um, Freeman is no slouch himself, so he could easily fall into a good uh, situation. If you got the room for him, put him on your bench, see what happens. Could pay off huge at this point. My big question about Devontae Freeman is, is he going to lower his price? now that Leonard Fournette is also in the same exact boat as him. And I think Leonard Fournette is by far the better running back at this time than Devontae Freeman. And that was the big problem with Freeman is that he wanted way too much money and everyone was mm-hmm. like, no, dude. And that's why he's still a free agent. Well, now he, I think before the Fournette news, we could have said that Freeman is the best running back free agent available. And now he's not. What I'll say is, I don't think he is a better than Fournette. He is available in everybody's league, most people's league mm-hmm. right now. If you already drafted, Fournette is not. So that's a good point. That's a good point. The reason he's a good priest as a pickup is you throw him on your bench right now today. He might lower his price because Fournette is out there demanding more money, and all of a sudden Freeman gets picked up instead of Fournette, and you got yourself running back in a good situation for free. Um, Ball free! That is how things could work out in your favor. My last preseason pickup is Chase Claypool. Who? (laughs) Wide receiver for Pittsburgh. He's a rookie, and there's just a lot of positivity coming out of camp right now about how great he's picking everything up. There's nothing he can't do. He's a big guy, and I think he's going to compliment Juju and Deontay really well i think he's going to be the third wide receiver worth picking him up seeing what happens who knows there's a lot of unknowns in pittsburgh and just with the good things happening out of camp as a rookie throw him on there he's only owned in eight percent of leagues so if you're in a deeper league do it just go there and do it do it scott wrap it up man your last preseason pickup and i'm a big fan of this one I got Joe Burrow. I mean, it's not he's not available in most leagues. He's owned in 69% of leagues, so he, he's taken it a lot. But we've talked many times about having the two-quarterback approach or you got the vet who you think is going to be decent, but then you want to grab that rookie with upside because he might be 
huge and just blow it up after the first few weeks once he gets his feet under him. And Joe Burrow's that guy. He could, I mean, he's been growing on me a little bit lately to take that risk of if you don't have one of those stellar quarterbacks and you want somebody with huge upside, if he doesn't show up, then you just drop him. But he's still there in some leagues and he's worth the risk. Um, Matt, I have a question for you before just talking about Devontae Freeman. Would you have Justin Jackson on your bench or Devontae Freeman? Oh, I'd probably Mr. go with Justin, Justin Jackson. Mr. Justin Jackson's going to be the lead dog. What I is a Justin Jackson? Because I have Justin Jackson, and I thought about Freeman afterwards. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what Justin Jackson's ownership percentage is. Now, what happens when Devontae Freeman signs with the Chargers? <laughs> Boom. Fantasy football's over. Oh, yeah. You're going to make Matt answer, aren't you? Okay. I think... I'd go with the upside of Freeman right now because um, Jackson had some negative news come out. Wasn't it with like an injury or this or that? He's on the sideline. I don't know. Joshua Kelly was getting that. an opportunity, but uh, I would go with Freeman just for the upside. How about this now? Reichwell Armstead of the Jacksonville Jaguars, now that Leonard Fournette's not there, or Devontae Freeman. I personally would go with Armstead because I have Armstead on the team that Devontae Freeman's probably available in that league. So I'll have to go with Armstead. Chris Thompson could see a lot of that work on that team. Scott Freeman or Armstead? Yeah, I'd go for the guy who's for sure going to play now. Oh, on your (laughs) team. And yeah. Oh, because the upside there is looking great. So. So here's a here's, let's wrap it up with this. Um, we've Hold talked, on, uh, you guys both oh. got four pickups. Um, I only had three, so I'm just gonna throw one more out there. You do it, bud. Corey Davis, wide receiver, <laughs> Tennessee Titans. Um, he's a wide receiver go one two on the team. goddamn episode. Next <laughs> <laughs> is Sammy uh, Watkins, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man, I wanted to throw him on here. But uh, Corey Davis or Sammy Watkins, both great preseason pickups. Uh, a lot of volume there, a lot of upside there. Well, volume with Sammy, upside with uh, Corey. Yeah, um, get, to it, get to it, get to it. Um, last question for you guys, and then we'll end this thing. I, I want to know if you guys are agreeing with me. I am only seeing positives with the Cincinnati Bengals. Are the Cincinnati Bengals interesting this year? as interesting to you guys as they are to me. I know they won two games last year, but I'm really starting to be a believer that Cincinnati's going to turn this thing around in one year. Am I crazy? I don't know. They seem to me like I've been hyped about them in the past at times. Um, They seem like the Cleveland that nobody talks about like they're Cleveland. (laughs) I mean, they're they're also in Ohio. Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. But, like they they hate their hype at times and they just usually fall in their faces. So I'm hoping I really like like you said I like a lot of things they're doing. I want them to do well. I don't see them as here's the way I look at it. Now that Burrow's in there, if he was the quarterback that was not a rookie this year but last year and had a year under his belt and then played maybe the last few games and just got a little experience then maybe I'd like it, but coming in with no preseason, as good yeah. as he is talent-wise, I don't see them having a good enough start to be relevant this year. 
So maybe I maybe not relevant. Them. Maybe maybe relevant. Was I the think wrong I way have them winning like five or six games, I, and that's that's huge, which is a, uh, de- a big step up from where they were. I don't see them being a five hundred team this year. No, but Scott, uh, Joe Burrow has been sitting in his parents' basement reading the playbook. So oh, my goodness, that <laughs> was apparently news. So <laughs> that just tells you about Cincinnati. If that's um, news, there you go. <laughs> that's all that's happening up there. Well, that's it. That's all we got for risers, fallers, and preseason pickups, guys. Um, you've got everything you need. Now, on the agenda, next episode, we are going to do the, ch- the first annual, I should say, Chumps Awards show. Look at that. I even got music for it. So the first annual preseason Chumps Awards will explain more. It's going to be super fun. We're so close to the regular season. I think we only have two more episodes to record before we're watching football live, guys. Maybe unless we just go to like a coma from anticipation. Oh, I'm so glad you said it. Oh, my God. That's pretty morbid. Yeah, I guess. I guess if we're in comas. Well, they got two unless someone gets in a car crash and then they can't record anymore. (laughs) Good Lord. So we'll end it on that note, guys. Hopefully we'll see you in a couple of days. It's going to be the most morbid (laughs) prediction episode. Oh, man. Go to chumpsandchampspodcast.com. Find everything you need. Instagram, Twitter, we there. Facebook, we there too. Like and share. Thanks for sticking around this whole time, guys. We'll see you in a couple days. Drive safe, chumps. Chumps.